There's just one other thing, sir. What's that? I'll explain it to you in a minute. May I use your telephone? Go right ahead. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Alternate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. And after the show, you can download this program on the podcasting networks on iTunes, but also on Spotify and on iHeartRadio if you have that app on the smart television. And uh, we're joined now on the live link uh, with our first guest uh, live from Beirut, Lebanon. She's a journalist. Uh, she's an academic as well. Dr. Marwa Osman is joining us from Lebanon. Hello, Marwa. Hey, Patrick. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well, Marwa. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, if you look at 21stCenturyWire.com, there's an essay posted in the features section. This is by Marwa Osman. This is just a, a, a kind of a summary of where things were at over the last 48 hours in Lebanon, and uh, it's been very intense the last two weeks, to say the least, there in this country. And uh, Marwa, just first of all, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, just t t tell our listeners uh, how things are right now. What's the uh, the atmosphere uh, right now in Lebanon? Well. Well, it's still more or less similar to how things started 11 days ago. Today is day 11 of the protests, of the popular protests uh, in Lebanon, all across Lebanon, um, south, east, north part of Lebanon, the capital, Beirut. People are uh, protesting and demanding. Uh, they have actually lots of demands, but now basically it seems that the main demand is the uh, change of the government. They want to see this government resigning. Uh, so basically, we, it, I mean, if you're following what's going on in Lebanon, you could know that the people have certain demands which are uh, anti-corruption demands, which are demands against the uh, oligarchy, against the 1% uh, that is owning more than 52% of the Lebanese resources, against the banks which are not paying taxes for the government. They are taking taxes from our salaries but not giving back, uh, back to the governments. Uh, it's uh, against the uh, ruling class that has been uh, stealing, uh, literally stealing from our pockets, not only stealing resources for the past uh, 31 years uh, in Lebanon ever since the uh, Ta'if Accord was signed by the warlords of the civil war. Uh, now, this was the basic uh, demand by everyone is give us back our money, all the money that you stole, and we want to hold accountable uh, and uh, put on trial everyone who was responsible of this disastrous leading to our economy, which is basically there is no economy anymore. So that's uh, that's the issue. Uh, but now it seems things have changed and they have shifted, uh, basically starting from uh, uh, Monday or let's say Tuesday. Let's give it like a good shot and say from Tuesday, things have uh, began changing. And this was what we touched in uh, Sayyid Nasrallah's and uh, Hezbollah chief uh, Hassan Nasrallah's uh, speech on Friday, Friday 25th, when he said that uh, <clears throat> I uh, do support the demands, but now things have changed because on uh, uh, Saturday he had a speech. It was day uh, three, day two or th like three and a half. It was three and a half days of uh, um protest and he had a speech it was uh, it was a religious event and he had a speech uh, either way uh, designated for that day but on that day he said that 
We are with the demands of the people. It's 100% a Lebanese uh, uh, demonstration uh, fueled by the Lebanese people. It has no intervention whatsoever. Everything changed when he, uh, on October 25th, had that speech on Friday saying that, no, now I have concerns of international and regional intervention in uh, the protests in Lebanon. Some people are paying a lot of money to change the demands of the people. And we started hearing it. I'm one of the people who started going to the protests from day one. I couldn't believe that my people were actually revolting against the regime, the ruling party. I mean, you've been here, Patrick. We've talked about this very much, about how much corrupted the politicians and the elite in Lebanon are. But I couldn't believe that my people has finally revolted against these people, against these ruling classes. So I was uh, amongst the people protesting, and I remained so up until Friday when Sayyid Nasrallah even asked the supporters because I'm not part of the, I'm not affiliated with the party, I'm just a supporter of the resistance. So he even asked the supporters of the resistance to stop going down to the protest because he now have concerns and he's afraid that this protest will be shifted into other uh, demands that would hit the security of Lebanon, that would that would hit the unity of the Lebanese people, that would hit uh, the resistance uh, and, and the farther goal. So that's what has been happening. Today it was, it's still people still protesting those, those who do not support uh, the views of Sayyid Nasrallah and even people who actually support the resistance but still see a vital uh, importance for them to be part of the protest, they are still there. It's fine. They, they claimed it. They posted about it. They said, look, we respect this man. We respect his wisdom, but we will not let this uh, these protests go by without us being part of it. So I also respect these people very much and I have lots of friends and family who are still going to the protests, but I decided not to go because of, uh, look, nothing that this man has ever said has ever uh, even turned to be slightly untrue. It was always the truth. He has some sort of information that we don't know, that he he doesn't see it uh, important for us to know right now. He, he doesn't want to hit the demands of the real protesters, but at the same time, he has high concerns of uh, influence coming from Gulf uh, states, Persian Gulf states, or um, I'm talking about like states, I'm not going to name any because no one named any. I'm going to just let's say, speculations about certain Gulf states Gulf states that are uh, paying a lot of money now, this week, and also foreign intervention. Most probably it might be even uh, uh, U.S. foreign intervention. I'm still not sure. I don't have real information about this, but these are the concerns that were raised. And other concerns were raised was the issue of road blocking. We understand protests. I was protesting. I never blocked any road against anyone because people might be going to hospitals. People might be going to their jobs. People cannot, some people cannot afford to go and protest every day. We understand that. Definitely. I mean, I have not had classes for the past week. But I'm okay with it because I'm looking at the better objective, at the farther objective. But there are some instructors, for example, who are either PhD holders or M uh, MBA holders who are instructors and they are contract instructors, which means that if they don't teach, they don't get paid. If a day goes by, they are losing that payday. So it's a lot of it's a lot of confusion on whether or not people should block roads. We are trying to tell everyone, no, blocking the roads is against basically is the law. You have a civil right to protest and other people have a civil right to actually use the road to get from point A to point B. So that's also another security issue because we did have a couple of roads up north where uh, Samir Jaja, Lebanese forces are, they've been stopping people. They've been even asking for people's IDs. Can you imagine? Back to 1972, up until 1975, it's that scary. So 
things are not good at the moment. Tripoli, we had clashes in northern Tripoli uh, yesterday in Badawi, to be specific, with the Lebanese army. There, there were people shooting at the Lebanese army. I got literal panic attacks. I, I, it was flashbacks of uh, Dara 2011 in Syria. I was so scared that this would be our fate now. So I started to understand why Said Nasrallah actually said, we want the people out of the streets as fast as possible. Let us talk. Let us have a dialogue. Please just select your leadership. Let us sit with that leadership and have a talk with it. And he, he's not saying, come sit with me. He's sending them go and sit with the president of Lebanon, President Michel Aoun. So there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of fear. But at the same time, there's a lot of resilience from the real protesters who have righteous demands. And there seems to be also now resilience from certain foreign powers. I'm sorry to say. Yes, yes. So, so this is it's extremely uh, interesting. The danger, of course, is that, uh, like you said in your essay, the popular mobility could uh, be be steered into kind of a, a chaos situation. Mm-hmm. At that point, then the foreign powers or the Gulf powers or the U.S. or 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 the oligarchy can come and steer this uh, popular movement into something that they where they want to steer it, basically mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. from where the people originally wanted it. And that's the big challenge, isn't it? Uh, Definitely. Right now. Definitely. Because, look, I have demands. My demands is, look, there are certain people, regime uh, elite people who have been inside of this regime for 31 years that have been stealing my money. What do you mean by by stealing my money? It means they are taking public uh, resource, public spaces and having their own uh, private investments in it. They have been uh, basically uh, not allowing uh, the banks or or probably making deal with the banks, with the private sector banks, alongside the Banque du Liban, which is the uh, Reserve Bank in Lebanon, also having certain uh, private uh, side deals that would ensure their bank accounts become bigger by, for example, uh, making sure that uh, um, certain policies are put forward and becoming bills in the House of Representatives that would ensure that stealing becomes an actual bill, a right for these elite to steal, to steal money, whether from uh, institutions or from ministries or from, for example, uh, uh, sectors like uh, the telecommunication sectors or, uh, for example, agricultural sectors or, for example, gas, uh, the sector of oil and gas. It is basically being uh, collectively distributed on warlords. For example, uh, let's say uh, Jumblat is the person you go to to get gas into Beirut. Uh, Nabih Birri is the person you go to to get certain goods and resources uh, through the port or through uh, the airport. Samir Jaja is the person you go uh, uh, talk to in order to get certain also issues maybe related to um uh, you know, those um, facilities that, that break down mountains all in order to make uh, like stone or, uh, or uh, I don't know what you call it, like yeah, materials. Uh, yeah, mining yes, and exactly. minerals, yeah. Exactly. So it's basically each one of these warlords that have a chunk of the resources of this uh, uh, land and they are contributing disastrously for uh, uh, the environment. We have we, we are literally the, the number one country in bladder cancer because of the pollution in both the sea and the rivers, because of the institutions and the facilities and the uh, 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 investments of these people. It is basically one big cycle of corruption. So I have demands. I don't want anyone to be taking these demands away from what my objective was and turning them against the resistance only because this is the only left uh, option for them to hit the resistance. You know what I'm saying? I mean, to, the to resistance, scapegoat, when to, I, 
Exactly. So you're saying, and yeah, the I'm scapegoat, saying, Hezbollah, which is the exactly. U.S. media is doing That's right now. They're blaming and when them. I say yeah. that, thank you, because you read articles from day one, you read articles you, you or you see tweets for certain officials, U.S. officials saying that, look, people are demanding for uh, their basic rights, demanding uh, taxation to be uh, uh, rightful taxation on the rich before the poor. And they are protesting against Hezbollah. That is absolutely not true this is not what we did i i personally was there on first on day one i went by myself to the printing center i printed eight or nine cardboards written with my demands written on them in arabic i uh, uh, had a couple of friends i had a couple of students who trust me we all had a group on whatsapp we talked with one another we're like we have to be part of this protest and we did become part of this protest people were chanting against the uh, the um, uh, ruling elite all the time no one was chanting against any other party they were just talking about this ruling elite who everyone literally everyone hates how is it possible that these people would be cheering against Hezbollah? No, no one even said the word Hezbollah. So it's basically like propaganda, lies, again, similar to what was happening in Syria. This is what confuses everyone. And this is what basically, it, it freaks me out, to be honest with you. I'm very afraid that this would shift into a civil war if this goes on. Yeah, that and that's the big concern I think a lot of people have. Uh, I'm seeing that a good broad spectrum of uh, of people, not just in Lebanon, but also across the Middle East and internationally that are concerned about this uh, uh, spreading into kind of a civil war situation are very, very aware that this can also be manufactured uh, through the media and agitation propaganda uh, that we're seeing from some mainstream journalists even uh, who report on this this region as well. So we'll see. And let's hope uh, let's hope that cooler heads and wise heads prevail marwa uh in the coming weeks and uh we'll we'll definitely like to stay in touch with you on this issue and and hopefully uh we'll keep an eye on on your work as well and uh and also publish uh what we can up at 21st century wire as well marwa that's very nice of you thank you for always being on top of the the issues that are the concern of everyone at the middle east and thank you for publishing uh my piece the the other day i think it was today i think i forgot it's that it's that surreal in in lebanon i forgot it was today or yesterday but thank you very much and uh, i'll keep in touch definitely yeah thank you marwa and uh stay safe and uh best of luck and we were all the best for for Lebanon, uh, we hope, uh, in the coming days and weeks. So you, we're, we're looking forward to a, a positive outcomes for everybody, Hope. hopefully. Hopefully. But, uh, hopefully. There she goes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Dr. Marwa Osman. She is a political commentator. She's also an academic based in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, you can see her essay up in the features section right now at 21stCenturyWire.com. And there's a link on the show page as well and a link to her twitter account follow marwa osman on social media as well for updates and thoughts on what's going on right now in lebanon and also in the middle east in general we're going to take a short break and we're going to connect our next guest on the other side this is the sunday wire i'm your host patrick henningson this is the 300th episode of this weekly omnibus news and analysis radio program here on acr stick around after this station break we'll be right back 